crazy. So this, we're, we're actually started now. I, I always say I don't do anything crazy. So um, I am here with Ron. It's saying, right? Ron Sang. Ron Sang. And Ron Sang is the author of this book, which is actually a good read. I read from presentation to standing ovation. I, I have a dog-eared, like I have notes taken in this book. And so um, Ron is a guy that I met at something called Archangel Academy, which is where uh, a very curated list of 100 entrepreneurs gets to go to. Uh, it's not an easy thing to get into. So just that alone should let you know that Ron's dope. Like you're dope. I'm going to use that word for you. Um, and me and Ron happened to sit next to each other at a table and he was telling me about this book. And it's odd because I've always had this thing of like, when I'm giving a speech, am I doing well? How do I really get that, like that standing ovation at the end? Cause I don't know how the hell to make it happen. But then he was like, yeah, you got to read the book that I'm, I'm writing. And I wrote at the time. I was like, hell yeah. So you sent it to me in the mail. I read it. And, uh, and then we're doing a podcast, man. I want to get this thing out there. Cause it's a great book. Like legitimately it's a good book. Like I was like, this is cool. It's, it's simple to read. But it's like very powerful, poignant points that allow you to be like, okay, I can apply that now or tomorrow. And I think a lot of stuff can actually be used online as well. But um, but yeah, tell me, tell me the process of like how you got here. Who are you? Like why why was this book something you decided to make? Well, that's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to get into here. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll start with with this. Even though I wrote this book on public speaking called From Presentation to Standing Ovation, growing up, I wasn't a good speaker. I was very shy, painfully shy, and when my voice changed, my voice became deeper, and I grew hair in places I didn't have hair before. I also had braces, braces with rubber bands on them, and I was a mumbler. Even my own parents couldn't couldn't understand me. They always asked me. They would always ask me to repeat myself. What did you say? Yeah. Say it again. Speak louder. So you can imagine how frustrating that might be for for. To, to keep hearing that all the time when even your own parents can't understand you. So even today, I have to be mindful of how I sound. I have a deep voice. You have a deep voice, Anthony. Yeah. But for, for me, I'm always mindful of how I sound to others. And so this book essentially describes the lessons I've learned and how to become a good speaker and go from a good speaker to a great speaker because I wasn't a good speaker when I started out. And so the lesson is that no matter where you are now, Becoming a great speaker, it's a skill that you can acquire. That makes sense. And I think that's that's kind of something a lot of people struggle with is thinking, well, man, I'm not prepared for it. I'm not good at it now. Um, can I be? And that's, I think, they say that, that public speaking is like the second greatest fear besides dying. Is that right? It's it's a popular saying, but I think actually there's an American, uh, there's, there's a study done on American adults. And public speaking is one of the top three. One of the top three. Number one being... Uh, fear of snakes and fear of heights. And then, then you got public speaking. Interesting. That's good to know. Because, I mean, that's the thing is a lot of people fear it. So I guess this book actually does go to some areas where it's like it gives you the tools and the tactics. One of the ones that I like the most, uh, chapter-wise, and this was a, was a bestseller on Amazon, right? Yeah, Amazon Canada. Oh, hey, it's hey, it's. A way to move across the border. Uh, my, my friends in the States, check out the yeah. book. Oh, you're, so you're in Canada? I am, yeah. Yeah, you've interviewed a couple of uh, Canadians. Canadian. I, I, you know what's funny is yeah yeah it's so cool i got a lot of buddies up there my one of my web guys is from canada it's funny that oh. the archangel academy is since everybody's based in toronto it's like everybody went from toronto straight down to san diego or, or long beach and it's like either you're from you're from toronto or, or long beach or you weren't coming i was the only one from the bay area at the entire event um oh, my wow. thing was this is end with excellence Yes. I like this chapter because a lot of it, I like, okay, my thing was, okay, how do you get that standing ovation point? And I like how you, you tie in because everybody, when I do a speech, they want me to do a Q&A at the end. 
Right. So I do today and it's always the end of it. And I read this as like, God, I've been doing it wrong the whole time, just the setup and how you do it. So I guess kind of summarize this chapter, because I think it'd be good for you to kind of, if somebody hasn't read the book yet, to be able to kind of get the, the gist of the chapter. When it comes down to it, I don't think there are any rules per se. So if you are doing Q&A at the end, you're not breaking any rules. I think, though, there's an opportunity for you to have the final word. And when you're doing Q&A, what might happen is someone may ask a completely unrelated question or they might ask a question that could put you in a bad light. And mm -hmm. if that's the thing that your audience remembers, then how is that going to make you look? Psychologists have, uh, they, they, they describe the way memory works in terms of primacy and recency. The first thing that people remember uh, the, the hear tends to be the strongest. They anchor that, they remember that. And the last thing that people hear is another strong memory. So people remember the first thing and the last thing you hear. Yeah. You start, you begin with a bang, you start strong, and then you end with excellence. You end strong as well. And if you end with Q&A and it ends on a sour note, then it's a missed opportunity because people may associate that sour feeling with you. If you end with your own words, and with a closing powerful story or close a loop. You plant some seeds in the beginning and you close them thematically at the end. That's yeah. a great way to leave a Hollywood style movie finish. Gotcha. And one example that I have in the book is Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. He starts with freedom and he ends with freedom. And yeah. let me see if I can, uh, I noticed that your copy is very dog-eared, which I, I love. So. Yeah, you, gotta, you gotta read it, man. You gotta, I, I like to, uh, books that I like, I do that because I'll, I'll know that even though I don't remember exactly what it is, that I gotta make sure I read that part again. I'm like, oh yeah. So let me read to you what Martin Luther King said in his, in his speech, I Have a Dream. Okay. His first sentence was, I'm happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. So he plants the seed of freedom. Yeah. And then at the end, he says, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. So mm -hmm. that closes the loop. It's full circle. It comes full circle in that speech. It's a great example of how you can end with excellence. I like that. And no, I've never honestly, personally, as I read that, I never even thought of doing that. I just like start talking. And then I just, I'm like, all right, thanks, you know? And, and that, that the thing is, I think that I can look back and be completely honest. I probably dropped the ball a lot because there hasn't been as much that like it could be a great story. But if you don't leave that lasting impression, like having them feel like, oh, then you, you dropped the ball there. So my question is, like, how did you transition to this? Because you said you didn't have that. And then you have this book out. Like, what is your like, why did you why are you the one that I got to listen to when it comes to this reading this book? It's funny because in my career, I was actually working on Canada's Wall Street. I was a stock analyst, and I, my job was to listen to thousands of presentations from CEOs and CFOs. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever watched Shark Tank in the States or Dragon's Den in Canada, you've yeah. seen business people come on the show and pitch their company, pitch their product to wow. these investors. So I was on that other end of the table, uh, the investors, and I listened and evaluated whether or not the presentation was sound and whether or not the ideas were solid and whether or not something that uh, we would invest in as professional investors uh, managing our clients money so i heard a lot of those presentations i had to evaluate a lot of those presentations at a senior level and i think that helped me 
um, get a better sense of what makes a powerful message, what makes a memorable message, and what stories will resonate with people as well. And in addition to what I was doing professionally, in my spare time, I was also a member of Toastmasters. So, Anthony, are you familiar at all with Toastmasters? I'm familiar with Toastmasters. I've actually spoken at Toastmasters, although I never actually joined Toastmasters. What what uh, did you speak at? Was it a club? Was it a conference? It was a club. It was actually a restaurant. It was just like, a, they're like, hey, we have, a, I guess, what they're like, they're meeting things they have in the area. So I went there and talked and they chopped me up, which was great. They were like, uh, you know, because they have their stuff fine-tuned. It was good though. It's very cool. For me, I've been a Toastmaster for 15 years now. I'm part of two different clubs, including an advanced okay. Toastmasters club. And uh, one of our members is the international director of Toastmasters. We have professional speakers, professional trainers, and aspiring professional speakers and aspiring trainers. So it's kind of a, a higher level uh, than I think a, a lot of clubs. But what the reason why I mentioned Postmasters is because even though I was working in finance and Canada's Wall Street for close to two decades, what I really discovered that I loved was speaking and, and coaching and helping other people elevate their speaking. Because I've gone through the hardships of not being able to speak well. Uh, Toastmasters, yeah. in Toastmasters, I found a very supportive environment and people who wanted to grow and, and develop and, and help other people, a very service-oriented organization. Through Toastmasters, yeah. I was connected to, I was referred for, for training opportunities to train emerging leaders in, 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 in the banks, people who were going through gotcha. a leadership rotation program after their MBA program, for example. And uh, from there, I discovered a real passion for training and for helping others develop their communication skills. So I would say that I've gone on this strange journey from being on the other end of presentations, hearing high-level CEOs and CFOs, and discovering a real passion for helping others with their presentations. And so that's what I love to do now. I like it, man. It's, that's great. Because I think it, for me, that, that's always a big thing. So who is this person? What do they know? Um, why should I listen to it? Right. And that, right. that actually gives me, it actually gives me insight as to the, some of the things I read and how it kind of ties to your personality and how it rolls. So it's, that's really cool. If you were to say, what's your favorite chapter in this bad boy? Like, what's the one that you enjoyed writing the most? Well, I have to pull up this book again. Um, I, my favorite chapter. It's like, do you have any favorite? Who are your favorite children, Anthony? Do you have? Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't I know what you mean. I don't have my favorite child. It's weird that I think about that. I'm like, there's days. I think, to be honest, completely honest, there's days. I'm like, that's not my favorite right now. But the next day, I'm like, ah, it's my favorite. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know which which is the one I would say that maybe outside of of the one that I like, chapter nine. Like, what feedback wise has been the one that people enjoy the most? It really depends on on the reader's background. I find that some people who are very outgoing, not really like me, but people who are very extroverted, very in touch with their feelings, for example, um, they tend to like the, not the chapter, not the section on confidence. They tend to like the chapter on organizing their thoughts. So you mentioned chapter nine, the book is split up into three chapter or three parts. The first part is Mm -hmm. confidence. The second part is crafting your message, your outline. And the third part is engaging your audience. So what I find people gravitate to the most is the area that they can improve in the most. So if if the reader is extroverted, they don't have a hard time speaking. They might not connect with the confidence part. They might not need it. But the biggest challenge that many extroverts face is 
being focused. Many extroverts tend to ramble. They don't know when to stop. And so having an outline of their thoughts might be beneficial for them. I personally really enjoyed the storytelling chapter. It's uh, very, storytelling is very important, very, very powerful. And it's how people first learn to communicate in our our ancestors. Before they learn to write, they learn to communicate and set social standards and, and, and norms through stories. Stories of yeah. heroes, the hero's journey, as well as yeah. acceptable behavior. So the storytelling chapter first started off, um, it wasn't, I didn't think it was a great ch- chapter. And so the feedback was kind of negative, actually. One person, a professional speaker, read it and said that, Ron, I love your book, love the outlines. I was disappointed with the storytelling chapter. So this is last year. So I went back to the drawing board, interviewed some new people, including Tahani Abirani, her stories in the book. And um, I've added some extra stories in here as well, including a powerful parable about having your hand stuck in a cookie jar and learning to let go. So through the feedback I received from the negative feedback I received at the early stages when I was writing this book, a storytelling chapter became much more powerful. And so yeah. it's probably the chapter I'm most proud of now because I really had to struggle with it. That's cool. It makes complete sense, I guess, the, the feedback. I'm, I'm happy you're able to take that feedback and do great with it because some people have been like, ah, no, I wouldn't want to change it. And I like that. But it's a good it's a good chapter. It's cool. It makes sense because story is huge. People remember stories. That's how we, we create pictures like uh, of what actually sinks in, I feel, from the stories that I, I, I like listen to. And actually, I've heard that same thing you said about how our society really has been shaped by story for so many years. Like our Honestly, our ability to have a society be what it is now, think about like religion or, um, you know, just some cultures, like how we do things all written down. So story is, is a humongous part of it. Absolutely. And I'm really proud also of this uh, lesson that I personally learned from a master storyteller based out of Dallas. He uh-huh. writes for the Dallas Morning News. His name is Dave Lieber. And uh-huh. he actually developed a storytelling formula. It's simpler than Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey Cycle. Uh-huh. It's a dip. You start off as a speaker or as a storyteller and you start exploring the pain. How did it feel when you were suffering? What was your lowest point? Bring your audience to that dip as soon as you can. Many speakers spend too much time setting up the details, the exposition. But what Uh people really connect to is a failure or a problem, a struggle. But you have to lift the audience up so you bring them to that point of pain, the mm-hmm. point of frustration and failure, and then the lesson, how you got out of it. What did you do to fight your way through that forest or through that cave or that dark space? And what mm-hmm. brought you to where you are now? And what lessons can your readers and audience take away from that? Gotcha. I like that. I mean, it does make sense. If you think about it, we all kind of, I mean, even nowadays, people like drama, even marketing is tied to that. I want to say negativity, but it's kind of tied to the, the backside aspect. It does it's odd. It makes logical sense, but never thought of it before that way. So check I out like that, that storytelling chapter. I'm going Everyone to. I've already out there. Everyone out there, guys, all yeah. uh, 19 of you. It's like a real estate person, right? It's something like that. Is you said? Is it Tahani? Tahini? Tahani, right? Tahani Abirani. Uh, huh. She she's got a fascinating story. I'm not going to do her justice here in in, in our uh, in our broadcast. But she's got an amazing story, and I've helped her give her presentation, give her keynote presentation to a thousand, uh, thousand women, entrepreneurs. Uh, and okay. I, I gave her the same advice that uh, that you read in the book. That is to end with excellence. She's got a powerful story, and when she's used to speaking to 
for real estate investor clients and speaking at real estate conferences, she would start with her most powerful story and, and then end with Q&A. That's how most people start and finish. Well, the yeah. problem with that is that when you begin with a bang, if you picture your speech like a roller coaster, you peaked. Where do you go from there? You have to yeah. take people on a journey. And if you follow the storytelling structure that you get from watching Hollywood movies, part one, part two, part three, act one, act two, act three, you're taken on a natural journey. You're taking your audience on a, 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 a journey that they'll enjoy. And that's, that's what you can do in telling your stories and giving your speeches to make it an enjoyable experience for your audience. That makes sense. I like that. You're thinking this thing through. It's like, <laughs> I'm joking. You've done a great job with the book, man. I seriously, Thanks. I enjoyed the book. I'm, I'm honestly, because we first talked, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know how it's going to be. And, and actually, I got it. I'm like, all right, here we go. And I enjoyed it, man. It, I went through it and it helps me because honestly, it's like something that I do. And for people who honestly, maybe they want to speak, I think it does give you some great ideas. I think some of the big issues for people in anything fear wise is not knowing what to do. This is like your handbook. It's like, a guide to how to do it. It's good stuff, man. I really, I got to repeat it. I really like the notes section. I think that is one of the coolest parts of it because you can write right in there, like the thoughts you have, like, what am I going to say when I open up? What am I going to say when I close? Like most people don't have that stuff. They don't even have the ability to write, I mean, to have it in one spot. So it's kind of like half book, half notebook at the same time. Yeah, that's right. So for, for those of you just joined in, in the book, From Presentation to Standing Ovation, there are end-of-chapter activities. So if you want to create a speech, here's an outline in, in part two. Just fill in the blanks. One, two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just fill in the blanks. That's cool. That's cool, man. All right, so where can we get this book? Where can, where can people go and find this book? The book's available on Amazon. If you <laughs> come to my website, uh, standingovationbook.com. You can it, it, it'll link to uh, a, a, an Amazon link. So the website again is standingovationbook.com. Okay. All right. I went ahead and dropped it in. I think I put the link somewhere. It says I could put the link somewhere, but I, I did standing. Oh, I got to put www.standingovationbook.com. Oh, it did come in. Oh, you, you did fashion of me. Supposed to like push it. There's like a little thing that says here. It says link. It's not doing it, but you put it in there already. Perfectly. Yeah, it's actually not www. It's just uh, standingovationbook.com. But I'm not. You're smarter than me. I'm not that smart. Let's see if it works this time. It's supposed to send it over. I don't know, but you got it right there. So the link is in the signing, but it's watching right now on recording. Make sure you go to standingovationbook.com. Right. I always end end with one random question, and I like this sure. question. I don't know why I like this one. Okay, you're standing in a field, grass field. That's uh, the middle of the day. A portal opens up in front of you. You have no idea how long it's going to be open. You don't know where it goes. You have no idea if you're going to come back. What do you do? You jump through or do you run away? It, it depends on how I'm feeling. Right now, I'll jump through. Yeah, I like that. How about you? What would you do? Oh, you I, would, kids, I would not right? jump through. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't jump through. I got the kids, man. Unless I was on a walk with them, then I'd be like, we're going. And I would just disappear. <laughs> Forget so school, kids. You not. You don't worry about school. Today's yeah. Today's a trip. What if it goes like the land where everybody's left sock is at or something? I'd be like, oh well, that was a bad decision. But hey, we can hang out with socks. <laughs> I don't know. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, how can people get a hold of you? So we got standing ovation. But go there, or is there a place that they can email you or anything else you want to be able to share? With? Well, I've got a Facebook 
community now. It's a private Facebook group called Ovation Nation. So everyone's welcome to join me and participate in group accountability, discussions about speeches, speaking, awesome speaking opportunities, and other tips. All my resources go to Ovation Nation first. You can find that on Facebook. I like that. All right. I appreciate it, man. I am going to let you go for the rest of your day. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get this all this information kind of put together now to you. But, man, I appreciate your time. Thank you so very much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. Looking forward to uh, talking to you again soon. You too.